Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You're listening to the best of Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. A minute to go in the overtime. The clock now. The Pacers' friend. Indiana leading by eight. Sam Hart will give to Halliburton. Halliburton working the bounce. Left side. Outside the arc. Working the dribble. Going nowhere. Here it comes. Three ball. Final, Indiana 134, Houston 125 in overtime. Show me the money! Show me the money! That's right, baby. I just bought this truck straight cash. And I got enough cigarettes to last me and my family for the rest of our lives. I'm rich, bitch! Pay that man his money. Uh, Mark Dighton, as always. He's on it, you know. Some, yeah. At some point in my life, I'll look back on, you know, probably a handful of dates. I'll look back on June twelfth, two thousand eight, fortunate to win a state championship. You know, February sixteenth, twenty nineteen, married. June twelfth, twenty twenty, the birth of Rosie. September 9th, last year, the birth of Max. But man, March 9th, twenty twenty three, that's gonna be right up there with all of them. <laughs> right up there with all of them. Two of those was a lot of money going out. This one's a lot of money coming in. Well, sure. That is, um, yeah, a lot. A lot of money going out. But, um, boy, Mark, you were right. You had to earn it. Yep. You had to earn it. Mm-hmm. It was not uh, the cleanest of closes. Oh, by the way, I did I did bring bring some parting gifts. Let, oh. me, let me go grab those. You're re-gifting the Party beer we gave gifts. you? Got some, got some gifts to celebrate, okay? <laughs> For those that are unaware, Kevin, at the beginning of the year, had made a wager on the over-under for number of wins on the Pacers season. It was prognosticated fairly early that this was going to be like a 23-59 and 59 year for the Pacers or 25-67, and 67, somewhere in there. The Pacers themselves had even kind of given warning of that. So Kevin said, you know what? I took the over-under at 30. And we we're like, you boy, I don't know. 30 games is a lot. And last night, the Pacers in overtime over the lowly Houston Rockets, but... Regardless of position, rank, or accomplishment in the NBA, they all count the same. So it is, in fact, win number 3-0, number 30. And Kevin has not only cashed in, but he has brought in a portion of his winnings. Yeah, uh uh-huh. The early, you know, what do you do? Do you buy mom a house? Do you buy mom a car? You know, what's the first spend? I go to Long's Donuts. Oh, man. The line was out the door at Long's this morning, (laughs) Uh folks. We've got a dozen. Jake Query. Oh, man. You cannot go Good morning. Wrong. Can't go, And they're warm, too. Mark Dykton. Thank you, sir. Very Good kind morning. of you. Is it just us in the building? I would assume so. Copeland. Copeland's here. Thank you. Copeland's here. Man. Sean Copeland will be getting a donut during the break. And myself. And you know what? I don't do this often. I have no off switch with these is the problem. I don't do this often. And part of it is in celebration. But you know what? I got to take a nap at 7.20. When Benedict Matherin got carried off the floor last night, there was a little bit of like, I felt like I was 
feel like I was getting married and I just ripped my pants on my wedding day. <laughs> you know, you just couldn't fully appreciate it. So you said ripped your pants? Ripped, correct. Um, part celebration, part sorrow. I do think I'm going to crack a PBR here. Oh, wow. All there right. There you go. Uh-huh. Hey, did yeah. you bring one? Yes. Here we go. Yes. Courtesy of Jake Query. It's a PBR party. 16-ouncer to start, <laughs> 703 in the morning. Hell yeah. Cheers, gentlemen. <laughs> Congratulations. Heck yeah. We're rolling now. You it's know, that kind of responsibility we want at the PBR party when that does, in fact, happen. Yeah. Cracking beers at 704. It's the last time you've had beer my, and a donut at 703 my, in the morning. My blood gluco- <laughs> glucose and your blood <laughs> BAC... It's like, yeah. uh, this is like the Reels Network on here, right? Yeah. Dr. Mottman frantically calling in right now. Don't say, do that! I was a little nervous about Mottman. Can we just kind of not text him today, Jake, maybe? Sure. Mottman doesn't listen to this program. He doesn't even know what I do for a living. Oh my God, these are so good. They are amazing. You should have seen the line. Oh. I got there and I'm like, am I going to make it in time? But they were efficient. Uh, boy, Friday donut day. What time does Long's open? 5.30. I looked at it last night. Gosh, that PBR is crisp. Yeah, of course. How great I've is the can? I've been in the car the whole time. Boy, these are ice cold. If you guys would like a PBR, I'm not going uh, <laughs> to you know, s- say no either. I know. Let's see how Jake goes this first hour, and I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah. Well, Mark my, Mark and I might be shotgunning some PBRs here coming up in the oh, 830 yeah. segment. Uh, yes, thank you to the Pacers last night. It was not the cleanest of closes, as we said, uh, but they got it done in overtime, and we've mentioned this now. I think several times in recent weeks, and Jake, I honestly think it was something that Reggie Miller pointed to at Tyrese Halliburton a few days ago. The Pacers have a closer. The Pacers have a closer. He is Tyrese Halliburton. He had 12 points in overtime. He assisted early in overtime, and uh, I probably owe him a PBR and a long stone it. Uh, hey. hey, Jake, please tell Kevin that this is blanking awesome. There is nothing wrong with cracking a tall boy at 7 a.m. Man, you guys are wild. Tell Kevin I said congrats. That from uh, Kansas City Steve. Let's go. You know, I think the last time I had a cold beverage like this at this hour, it was probably carb day. So I guess in a way, we are doing yeah. carb day, right? It is. Well, yeah. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, the last time I think I did this was, boy, I just had a rough, rough, you know, first two hours with you at the Pacers golf outing. I remember that. Mark, you okay over there? God, Mark. Jeez, do you need the PBR? Do we need to restart the whole program? Man. By the way, this from... uh, Too much sugar went down the wrong throat. Chiefs Chiefs fan Steve. (laughs) My buddy uh, Steve, the Chiefs fan, has the the coolest rescue dog on the planet, little Milton. Um, Milton a little under the weather, and if you are those that ask to the higher being for the health and prosperity of our four-legged friends... Uh, Milton could certainly use some proper thoughts. Well, cheers to Milton. Milton is the best. Um, <coughs> God, so Mark, Mark I'm so dying here. So let me reset the table for everybody here. Good morning to you. It is a Friday, as if you couldn't tell. My name is Jake Query. I am alongside the choking Mark Dykton, and uh, I am alongside Kevin Bowen, whose team the Pacers did not choke last like night, and oh. as a result. He Mark's going to cure his choking with a 16-ounce <laughs> PBR. If there's a cure-all, it's got to be Mark. PBR, right? God. What oh my are God. we doing here? It's like Notre Dame basketball trying to finish a game you know, this year. If anybody ever wanted to know what a, a radio program would sound like with just me, uh, you might be finding out by about Boy. 8 o'clock. I might <laughs> need morning. to serve beer to all of our listeners then. <laughs> Mark. I'm cured! <laughs> Mark is into the PBR. That What did you do? Go... 
Mark hasn't even taken off his jacket yet. <laughs> I haven't. No, I was I was eating a donut and I just went down the wrong pipe. Wrong pipe? Okay. There so we you go. inhaled it is what you're getting yeah. at. Okay. Any of you know the Heimlich? I might need you later. <laughs> well, God, wow. That's a hell of a way to start. But we might need Mottman today. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I don't know if he's on call or not. Uh, last night, by the way, in college basketball, things setting up now officially for the matchups for Purdue and Indiana Rutgers over Michigan 62-50. Was that the knockout blow for Michigan's NCAA hopes? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think Wisconsin got the knockout blow Wednesday night. I think Michigan got it last night. You look at Rutgers today, Jake, again, Purdue at noon. Does Rutgers have the Indiana-type resume from last year? Remember Indiana in the 8-9 game. Right. They come back and beat Michigan. And I think a lot of people thought Indiana was in with that win. But then you get to Selection Sunday. And you find out, yeah. They, they were one of the last four in. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they were just one of the last couple in when they looked at kind of the overall you know, S-curve or whatever they call it. Uh, but they obviously beat Illinois in the Friday matchup last season. That's what Rutgers will be trying to do to Purdue today. And, of course, Rutgers won at Mackey earlier this year. Granted, that was you know two months ago. Uh, if you think back on that game, it was just... It was kind of typical Rutgers. They muck it up, and um, you know they're not a team that shoots it well. And that was a game where Zach Eady only played 28 minutes, which for Zach Eady that is very much on the low side. The freshman guards for Purdue struggled, three of nine from the floor, five turnovers. So that will be at noon today. Purdue around a five point favorite. And then Jake, sorry, I just had a beer burp. <laughs> Mark, are you better? I, I'm better. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm not seeing the light anymore. It's a crisp taste, isn't it? It is. It's very good. It's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the can is always just so beautiful. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's of a blue ribbon. It's the it's first place. Uh, put J- the PBR party in motion now. That's yeah. right. It has to certainly, happen now. Certainly. Uh, IU fans might want to inject some coffee today. What time did Maryland, Minnesota get over last night? Boy, you're not kidding. Maryland and Indiana, 9 o'clock tip tonight. And that's approximate, You, you to got be time clear. to drive up there and go to the game, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. good Jimmy just texted me. Said that they're on their way. Really? Yeah. So well, shout got, out to Good Jimmy. <laughs> they got plenty of time to count the windmills. Safe travel. Oh, they could have they could have breakfast and lunch at Fair Oaks Farm. That's right. That would be fun. I mean, to go up. It's funny because I think you mentioned yesterday, Kevin. Uh, and by the way, Greg Gregstra is going to join us at eight o'clock this morning. Tom Deanhart at eight thirty. Uh, Jordan Cornette talk a little college basketball at nine. Paul Corsaro will join us. They got a lot going on down on the south side at nine forty-five. Uh, Kevin, I think. You mentioned this yesterday. I feel like now that the Big Ten tournament, it's not the first time the Big Ten tournament's been in Chicago, clearly, but when it's not here in town is when I realized that I think I kind of took for granted when it was. You know, just walking around downtown and seeing a group of Minnesota fans or Maryland fans Mm -hmm. or, you know, saying hi to some people from Iowa or whatever. And just knowing that that was always kind of, there was something kind of going on downtown. You could come down and, you know, we would always, every year, you know, I'd say to Shannon, like, what do you want to do tonight? Oh, let's just go down and just kind of, you know, observe the atmosphere downtown. Yeah, with the Watch tournament. the Iowa people just do keg stands. <laughs> yeah. But although the I mean, Iowa you do kind of miss it, right? Iowa people in mourning maybe a little bit after yesterday. Is Ohio State about to do something? That, Is Chris Holtman saving his job? I don't think his job was in jeopardy, right? But well, wait till another name comes calling. Well, fair. Uh, that's the question on Ohio State, right? I mean, they're going to need there, – there are always years, though, Kevin, where whether it be the Big Ten or the Big 12, you know, one of the leagues, 
some team that is sub 500 gets red hot. Yeah, wins two, wins three, makes maybe. a blitz through and becomes the story of their conference tournament, which puts them over 500. Now, all of a sudden, a team that was, you know, 15 and 18 entering the conference tournament is 19 and 18 in the conference tournament championship. And people are like, whoa, did they just play their way in? More often than not, they did not. Uh, Purdue Rutgers at noon, Michigan State, Ohio State to follow. Those are the afternoon, that's the afternoon session up there at the United Center. Northwestern Illinois is the early evening game. Every time I see Northwestern Illinois, I just think, oh man, it's 38 degrees and it's a noon kickoff in November. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think basketball. But that's a basketball game. Or excuse me, uh, no, no, I, I said Illinois. I, I meant Penn State. Penn well, State. Penn, yeah. The Mike or Shrewsbury. I'm thinking to myself, gosh, does that hurt Notre Dame's chances to pursue Mike or Shrewsbury? I heard yesterday that Mike or Shrewsbury apparently is really happy in... Happy um, Valley? Very happy in Happy Valley, yes. We've had six Big Ten games so far in the tournament. Five of them have been won by the higher seed. Maryland over Minnesota was the only quote-unquote home jersey team. So Maryland and Indiana will be the nightcap. Just one meeting this year. That was in College Park. And I guess similar to what Rutgers did to Purdue, that was a game that Maryland was able to make it ugly and get to the foul line. And that was the night Jalen hood Shafino I thought was throwing the game. One of 14 in the game for the freshman. He had four turnovers that night. Maryland does not have some imposing big men. They're going to play some zone, and they're going to pressure a little bit. They're going to try and make it a bit ugly. Um, but they've struggled away from home. Last night was just their third Big Ten win away from home this season, and two of those are over Minnesota. So, Here's one for you. Last night, and I only say this because of when we're talking about some of these teams, could they be playing their way in? What seems like an innocuous matchup, but Arkansas and Auburn in the SEC tournament, and Arkansas beat Auburn 76-73. Could that have been a bubble burst game for either one of those? Arkansas, they're both 20-12 and overall, but Arkansas was 8-10 in the league. If Arkansas, so maybe not a bubble burst game for Auburn, but did, did Arkansas need that to get in? Yeah, I'd have to look a little closer at it, Jake. I, I've been a little bit more probably locked into like, ACC. I think I both totally were get it. in. I think both were in, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I think a big loss yesterday was what happened with Pittsburgh. Like, Pittsburgh getting blown out. Um, I mean, they lost to Notre Dame to end the season. That's a team that I think really hurt themselves. Pittsburgh right now is listed as a last four by, literally like the last team in. Man, they're going to sweat it. They're going to sweat it. And then, of course, as we said earlier, Wisconsin and Michigan, I tend to think bubble has burst there, but... Rutgers with an opportunity today, and um, if Purdue wins, they'll be in the early afternoon game tomorrow. I think it's about 1 o'clock. If IU wins, they'll slot into the second afternoon game. That would be about 3.30, and of course, Sunday's championship game. In typical Big Ten championship fashion on Selection Sunday, about a 3.30 I'll tell you what, Kevin, Indiana has been living on that. I mean, like, Indiana literally... They're they're already building a pool in the backyard of the yard they have built for themselves on the four line. They have not moved. They off seem that thing. very firm on that four line. I do think something they could be playing for this week that maybe is not necessarily a seed. I think they could be playing for. Can we be close to home? Closer to home is probably the better way to put it. Like if you were able to get on a run. Does the committee then view you and say, hey, we're not going to maybe move them up a line necessarily, 
but we'll put them in Columbus. We'll right. put them in Des Moines early on instead of sending them Sacramento or a little bit further away. So a big slate of Big Ten tournament games, as Jake said. Um, we'll have Greg Rakeshaw on at 8 o'clock. It's also regional time for the IHSAA. 8.30, Tom Deanhart to talk about Purdue and Rutgers. Jordan Cornette. I can't wait to talk Notre Dame basketball with him. I mean, this is this day is heaven. PBR, <laughs> donuts, and Notre Dame basketball talk. Hey, what do you think about Irish chances? <laughs> hey, is Mike Bray going to come back? I, I guess I would sound like maybe Mike Bray at the end of the night at the linebacker last that's week. That's right. That's right. You know? Hey, St. this week. <laughs> Jordan, do a shot with me. Jordan, do a shot with me. Let's see if I can get an Uber home maybe around 10.02 on this Friday I, I can give you a lift. Uh, what? Mark, what tastes better, the donut or the PBR? I actually think they're quite the pairing. It they're actually very, is. They're a very good. Pairing, yeah. Again, I'm just mesmerized by the can. They tweeted out breakfast of champions, PBR mm-hmm. and a donut. Yeah, stable. I went to my doctor Jake, join earlier the party. this week. I don't think you'd be too fond of this meal, right? It's now. a good thing that there is somebody responsible in this group. Mm-hmm. Who's right. that? Uh, Mark, care to rehash what happened this time last Friday? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about responsibility. Uh, what that was a I, week what, ago. What, what should I do? Should I should I call in and do a three hour sh- radio hit? You know, in hindsight, when I think about that, why didn't I just come in here? I don't know. Like I didn't even think you, about that. You need to be there in, in person for Grigson and company. Yeah. God, I just had my second beer burp. This could be a long show here. <laughs> <laughs> Cough button. Takes do we have on any tums in the building? Here. Tums yeah. might be a requirement. I was say after watching Mark through the first ten minutes. Uh, we'll see about that. Again, the Pacers get to win 30 last night. Overtime uh, heroics from Tyrese Halliburton. Two assists early on and then had 12 points in the extra period. 19 assists for the game. It is... Well, I, I, I think deservedly so. We are on this with Halliburton right now. Since the All-Star break, these numbers to me are just absolutely absurd what he's done. Again, a little banged up leading into the All-Star break. The Pacers have played six games, Jake, since Tyrese Halliburton got back from Salt Lake City. He's averaging 27 points in those six games. Very respectable, of course. I mean, very impressive. Respectable sounds like I'm undermining it. Jake, in those six games, he's at 80 assists and nine turnovers. 80 assists and nine turnovers. He also has been huge down the stretch, obviously. I mean, he he, he basically took over in the overtime, right? Eric Gagne type closing. Wow, good call there. Where is he now? Boy, I, if you if you were going to say who's going to join Mark and I for a beer and a donut at this hour, I'd say Eric Gagne. I think in the morning uh, he actually just prefers juice, right? Oh boy, that that was pretty good. That was a good one. <laughs> that was. Mm-hmm. I'll give you credit. <laughs> Couple of sips of PBR, and suddenly I'm the funniest guy in the room. <laughs> Right? Does this mean now you might actually appreciate my not only my British accent but face on face off? Well, it can, well, no, certainly not. Definitely not on that one. This is an open mic night yet. There's not a two no. drink minimum. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not at all. Columbia and Oxford, by the way, reached out last night after the game, wanting some early transcripts from the uh, daycare for Max and Rosie. There, there you go. Mm-hmm. What about the London School of Economics? Yeah, we'll we'll see what their NIL package looks like. You know. It is interesting that at the beginning, I, I think it goes to show, Kevin, kidding aside, the financial windfall that you got based on the Pacers getting 30 wins does go to show how low the expectation was at the beginning of the season. And it's almost now like laugh. I mean, and the Pacers were 
kind of the spearhead of that, but it's it's kind of laughable in hindsight. Well, especially when you watch the team they're playing last night. I mean, Houston was predicted to be right there with Indiana as one of the worst in the league. They started all five of their starters last night, 22 and younger. Jalen Green is just an incredible talent. And that shot by Jamari Smith to force overtime, boy, yeah. I didn't know that he had that in him. I'll Quinn put- Buckner was convinced it was a two, and then he's and then they showed the angle. <laughs> and Quinn sounded like somebody just came and took his lunch money. I, I didn't think last night was Quinn's best effort, if I'm going to be totally honest. Um, I, I It was. I mean, I'll be totally honest, and obviously I know that there's probably a little bit more of an emotional side to it. That was rough seeing Benedict Matherin go down. I mean, he was in some serious pain, and I can't recall. I mean, he's played every game this season. I can't recall one time he's really gone to the floor this season and, you know, acted like he was hurt at, right. at, at any level. And, of course, he attacks the rim just so recklessly. But he literally got carried off the floor, like not helped off. He got carried to the locker room by George Hill and James Johnson late first quarter. Initially, the Pacers said he was questionable to return. I'm like, I just watched that man get carried to the locker room. I don't think this is Paul Pierce time. Uh, Officially ruled out at halftime with a right ankle sprain. You think back to Chris Duarte missing over a month this year. Jake, if he's going to miss multiple weeks, don't you just shut him down for the season? Probably, yeah. I mean, what's like Kevin Durant, you know what I mean? Like, why risk it? There are a lot of players right now that, that are out for a while. Yeah, for those that missed it, Matherin, you know, his typical attacking self, I don't know if the possession was necessarily going anywhere, but he drove and stepped on one of the Houston's big guys, right, or his right foot stepped on one of the feet of the Houston big men, twisted it very aggressively when you show the replay of it. And then again, George Hill, James Johnson, carrying him to the locker room. He has not missed a game all year. He did not miss a game in two seasons at Arizona. So um, I I think it might have been Kobe that kind of initiated this thought. And I don't know. I'm sure there's a player before hell. Michael probably said this. But Matherin had this quote at um, All-Star Weekend about, you know, part of the reason why he wants to play 82 games is because you never know who's in the building and, um, you know, people are whatever, saving money and, and and that sort of angle to it. So it is a bummer because Rick Carlisle did say afterwards, um, probably unlikely that Matherin plays at Detroit coming up Saturday and Monday. Back-to-back games in Detroit. Three nights in Detroit doesn't sound like the most ideal thing. No, I, I spent um, I spent a month in Detroit. Maybe it's a good thing weekend. Matherin's not making the trip for his sake. <clears throat> uh, hey, Jake, if there's ever a day to get KB on board with Yanid Ngakwe, it's today. That's probably true. <laughs> he just took a bite of his dough. I can handle a 16-ouncer here and not cave to every little Jake qu- joke today, all right? Well, you After the donut, though, you might need – oh, and you brought a banana, so it's good to see that you're going with nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> I, did. I did. It is a healthy breakfast. Yeah, it is. You know, we're trying to cover all, all food groups here on this Friday morning. Again, it's a busy Big Ten slate today if you're looking for coverage – um, for us, it'll be our sister station, IU in Maryland, coming up. Uh, that would be WIBC coming up 8 o'clock tonight. Boy, that's one of those, Jake, where Don Fisher and Eric Sir, they could be talking for a while. I mean, right. I, I don't think Minnesota Maryland tipped until like at least 9.15, maybe 9.30. It's just going to be one of those games where I guess it's the opposite, right? Where at least there won't be – like the time that I was going to watch Wyoming basketball and I was all excited and the game before it went for – 
triple oh, yeah. overtime. The under eight timeout of the second half, Jake's getting his first look at his pokes. I mean, yeah, it was. And Reese was, I, I had to tune into Reese for the game. <laughs> Mike Woodson's going to need a nap today to make it all the way to tip off coming what, tonight. Mark, what would Mike Woodson say about the fact that he needs a nap? Is there anything in particular if you were to ask him? Oh. Does if he, he needed any, a nap? Does he have any thoughts besides taking a nap tonight? Anything else that he'd like to see his Hoosiers get done by 9.30 p.m.? Let's kick some ass. <laughs> That's right after he takes a Tylenol p.m. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, some people are asking what were the odds on the at least 30 win bet. Plus 435. Plus 435. So you bet 10 to win 43 bucks. Nice. I... I, I Personally, did not bet ten bucks, but just to give a little bit of an example too. Those other, but Mark, you're right. I mean, I've literally opened my account. I haven't bet in quite some time. I've opened up my account. Let's just say a few times mm-hmm. since the buzzer yep. sounded last night. Naked, just naked. Yeah, someone, that. someone, someone DM'd me after the show and said, "Hey, Kev might want to pump the brakes because he bet the over of just I think it was twenty three and a half wins, and he still hasn't gotten paid out. So it might be until the end of the regular season. Yeah, what are we gonna vacate wins? Yeah, what's it gonna?" Yeah, you know, Ronald Norad was paying Pacers yeah. play. I mean, what, what are we doing here? They got it. They got thirty. Signed, sealed, and delivered. They need to continue taking in everybody's money on other bets before they start paying. Now you took them for so much that they're actually they're starting to try to get other people to make wagers just so they can pay you off. Now Probably, you know, right? If I'm going to be totally selfish, you know, the goal now is to lose the final fifteen. Now, oh, for the pick, yeah. Uh-huh. I did have a few people re- reach out. Congrats. Now cheer for losses. We'll do a little tankathon coming up. 30 and 37, the exactly Pacers. Still are. a couple games outside of the play in picture. All right. Good Friday morning to you. Kevin Bowen, Jake Query, Mark Dykton here on Quite the Friday in studio. I guess we had Quite the Friday last week over at the Combine. So For other reasons. Sure. Uh, Greg Rakestraw at 8. It is regional weekend for the boys' basketball tournament. Again, a little bit of a twist to the schedule. We'll talk with Rake about that. I think a lot of eyes down at Southport with the undefeated Ben Davis Giants and the defending 4A champs in the Cathedral. Fighting Irish, 8.30, Tom Deanhart. It'll be Purdue and Rutgers at noon. We'll chat with Tom about that. Also, Purdue's Pro Day was yesterday. Aiden O'Connell, Payne Durham. I am curious where those two will get drafted. Jordan Cornette at 9. Always enjoy ch- talking with Jordan. Of course, more than just Notre Dame basketball chatter with him. And Jake, if people are looking for something to do tomorrow afternoon, University of Indianapolis hosting round one of the NCAA tournament. It has been an unbelievable season for Paul Casaro and the Greyhounds. They have a chance hosting the regional to make it to Evansville, where that's the final eight. Don't think final four third beer burp of the morning. Don't think Final Four <laughs> with the D2 tournament. They have a Final Eight, so that is the goal for the Greyhounds as they look to win three games down at Nickerson Hall coming up this weekend and early next. Mark, you ready to carry it home this morning? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think what Mark had, now I have. Only 143, 143 minutes left. So <laughs> we can carry us home, right? Now yeah. you know how Mark and I feel. Somebody just texted, don't die. I'm like, I'm not planning on doing, that was just a brief, brief, period of concern that's it i'm just glad that there's the stability of maturity in the building yeah oh look scotty's come up he's wandering in for yeah donut. that's what you're talking Scotty, about right? we got pbr Scott. and longs <laughs> where'd the longs go oh here they are scotty, right scotty. scotty today already. is wearing a boston bruins sweater along with is that a bruins hat scotty it's a boston, braves hat. boston braves hat how good do those look scotty 
Oh, um, the line was literally out the door this morning. If you want a PBR, it's right here. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Jake, our next guest, one of my favorites. Him and his family, I'd say, played a uh, somewhat you know pivotal role in some favorite memories of mine in young childhood years. Listen, no disrespect to Jordan, but his brother Joel is one of my all-time favorites, man. Jordan Cornette joins us now on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Jordan, let's just begin right there. I've told you this before, but every time we have you on, I feel like it's worth repeating. I think we were the Miami Hurricanes one year at Butler Basketball Camp, and your brother was my coach, and I was certainly one of the worst players on the team, but your brother, anytime I threw my body in there to somewhat act like I was taking a charge, him with the officiating whistle would reward me for putting my body in there and then pick me up and carry me to the other end of the floor celebrating the defensive play that I had just made. And for like a 10-year-old kid, there was no cooler moment at that uh, at that time in my life. And, and you know what, guys? It's going to be on with you guys. It's been a while, um, so I'm excited to be catching up with you guys. I appreciate the intro as well, but I always smile. You know, when I think about it, I, I just got home from Greensboro for the ACC tournament, and then I'm in studio here for the weekend. And I just landed back, just got to my house, saw my kids, gave them a kiss. They're out running around doing their thing. And my wife said, how was work? And I said, you know, it was good down there. And I said, this is my favorite part of the year, no matter how busy it is, because it's, it's busy as all get out for all of us, as you guys well know. But it always makes me think of my brother this time of the month and, and everything that goes on around it and all the stories. So being on here with you guys is just another element to – how much I love this time because it's the closest I feel to my brother at any time. And it was so fun. You know, let's begin with this, Jordan. And for those that are unaware, Joel Cornette, the butler star, the brother that we're talking about, I know you, you refer to him as Joey, but, you know, I, I think so many people around here remember this time of year, the famous quote, you know, of nobody watched us, everybody counted us out, nobody was talking about this game, and we are still here. That's the quote that I always remember. Get chills so, seeing it. So let's begin with this, Jordan. Give me a school or schools heading into this year's tournament that nobody is talking about, but they are really gelling together, and it would not surprise you if come the second weekend we're like, hey, you know what? They're hanging around, and if you'd paid attention, you would have seen it coming because they picked this time of year to play their best basketball. Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting. I can give you a variety of teams. Um, one of them would be Vanderbilt if they're able to get in out of the SEC, which I think with their win yesterday, they should have uh, <clears throat> punched the ticket. They're a very dangerous team. In the last 10 games, what they've done, Coach Stackhouse has a group that buys it defensively. They can score it. <clears throat> they've got athlete, they've got long athletes on the roster. I think that could be one of those teams. Uh, this is going to make everybody laugh, uh, but I'll go with the Blue Blood as well. I just got done watching them, 
I think everybody's counted out the ACC in its entirety, but Duke looks incredible right now. Duke looks like a team that's ready to go on a crazy run. Now, if my brother heard me answer that question (laughs) with the Duke Blue Devils, uh, I think he would want to get his hands on me as quick as possible. So I'll give you now a mid-major as well, and that's College of Charleston. They can play at a really fast pace, but they can operate in the half court. It's a very connected group that shares it, always assisting on all their field goals. Uh, team that lo- locates a block out good with outlets. Do all the fundamental things. And quite honestly, College of Charleston, Pat Kelsey's group there reminds me most of Butler during those primed underdog chip-on-the-shoulder years. Jordan Cornett from ESPN. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Jordan, Jake, my co-host, Mark, our producer, they get tired of me quite a lot for my Notre Dame basketball fandom. Um, it's a bit exhausting to them. Uh, <laughs> There's so few of you. There are not many out there. There are not many of us. I was one inside of the RCA Dome for what you guys accomplished back in 2002. I remember the shaved heads and your defensive effort against Bruce Pearl in round one and getting to the Sweet 16. And honestly, it was one of my favorite moments, really, of, of fandom, period. But obviously... <laughs> Things have changed. Um, I guess first, before we get into the future in South Bend, what did Mike Bray mean to you? You know, to me, he he was everything, guys, that a a player-coach relationship should be. I think that's changed a lot in this NIL transfer portal era with how coaches feel like they have to interact with a kid to keep them on their roster. And with all the NIL, which gets in the way of true bonding and relationship building. But for me... It was. I was a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, deer-in-headlights 18-year-old that had committed to Matt Doherty, and he ended up leaving for Carolina, but you commit to a school and a program, not a coach. And so I ended up recommitting to Coach Bray and investing right back into the program. And so he went from a guy who was legitimately a guy I was nervous to be around because he was a college basketball coach to a guy I grew into this great relationship over my four years player-coach that would be a teacher and a mentor to a guy when I got out of college, became a close friend, you know, helped me get into this business, you know, helped me with, you know, different connections along the way and uh, would be a guy I'd lean on for advice. And I think to me, that's what player coach relationships should be. Not what can you do for me in the four years you're there, but what can you mutually do for each other for a relationship that should foster your entire time on this planet after you've come engagement in engagement with each other? And I think I really cherish that because it reaffirmed my decision to go to Notre Dame and everything that felt right about it. So he's not done coaching. I think George sounds in the mix. We'll see what happens. Uh, but he's still got a, another chapter on the sidelines left in him. Obviously, last year it was a pretty special kind of 48-hour run. I mean, they were a couple of defensive stops away from making the Sweet 16. But I, I don't think you can argue things had gotten a bit stale in the last handful of years there. Um, what does that program need from an injection standpoint at this point? I mean, Kevin and Jake, that's exactly what they need. They need an injection of life. I mean, they need a passionate guy that's going to come in there and do the rah-rah stuff and that's going to that's going to try and, you know, reignite a fan base, but also gets the personnel who you got to bring into a school like that, the shortcomings. I mean, Notre Dame's not the easiest job, and I think a lot of people are going to appreciate exactly what Coach Bray did in his twenty in his 23 years when a new guy comes in and has to learn the scope of it first. But the beauty of college basketball now is you can build a roster in the snap of a finger. You go get a couple transfer guys, you go get a big-name guy through recruiting, 
And you're right back on top. I watched the Pitt basketball team in the ACC be horrible. A dormant group for a lot of years. Cable got a few transfers, and here he is. So it, it's possible. So does Mike Bra- – if Notre Dame needs, like, let's say, just that jolt of energy, Jordan, because I think the world of Mike Bray as well, is it possible Mike Bray just needs a change of scenery? In other words, whatever energy it was that was evading him at the end at Notre Dame, would he be able to recapture it at a new setting like a Georgetown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no doubt, Jake. I mean, you don't just forget how to coach. You know that as well as anybody. Like, I just think it ran out there. I, I think – for example, the uh, best way I can describe it to the listener is you can be married happily for a decade and everything be great, and it can end up going wrong. doesn't mean that person can never be a good husband or wife again. And so to me, Coach Bray just ran out of gas there. The formula was no longer working. I don't know if the relationships you know, inside the walls were uh, primed as they were before for everybody to get that thing going at the high level it had for so long. And I think if not, I think I know him getting the right fit, which would, I mean, think about Georgetown is the mathetize the DMV. I mean, coach Bray is a rock star in those parts to be able to recruit there. Georgetown being an institution similar to Notre Dame in terms of the obstacles. If there was a job for coach Bray to seamlessly step into after Notre Dame, it would hundred percent be Georgetown. It'll be interesting to see if they make what I would believe to be the most proper hire for the Hoyas. So what about Notre Dame? You believe they turn where? I, I think there's a, a bunch of guys on the list. Um, some names you, you would think of that are, that are floating out there. I mean, one guy that I think should be at the very top of that list, and, and I, I would imagine he is, is a guy, Chris Quinn, who's on the staff there with the Miami Heat. I love it. And he, he's right there. Yeah, he's right there. Under, under, he's a Pat Riley made man. And I think if you have that under your, under your belt – uh, you have a lot of gravitas, and you, you have a lot of clout. And so Chris being one of Notre Dame's own, played with him for two years. He's one of the most principled, disciplined, bright basketball mind guys who understands what it takes to win there. That, that's what I feel comfortable sharing that I think everybody can agree should be on a list. Jordan Cornett is our guest. He's on the Payless Sickers Hotline. Of course, he is with ESPN. Jordan, as we enter the, the tournament here, and I know that there's still Big Ten tournament games to be played, but – Let's talk about Purdue and Indiana. I'm going to start with Purdue. Zach Eady got out. You know, Purdue got off to an unbelievable start on the year, partially because I think Zach Eady is just such an anomaly, and teams really couldn't figure out how to to guard that. And then in the Big Ten, they started seeing people the second time through, and I think teams had a little bit better idea how to guard Purdue. Is it possible in the NCAA tournament when you're going up against teams that are still unfamiliar with Purdue, as a player, you would know this. Can you learn just from tape of watching teams and say, you know what, the blueprint is out there and here's what we need to do to to counter this? Or is it a completely unknown now for new teams, which means advantage Purdue, because tape and reality are two different things? Tape and reality are two different things. I mean, it's the same reason why Houston's always dangerous. You can say, oh, we're going to prepare all week for Houston's ball pressure and how they play, but you don't have the personnel to go do it. And show me somebody who has on the roster a seven foot four guy you can prepare to defend all week to then go out there and defend that guy all week. So <clears throat> Zach Eady is going to get his, and that's why they're going to be positioned. But I, I got to be honest, guys, I, I'm not a fan of their perimeter and what it takes to win a national championship. Bingo. I think that I think that perimeter is overachieved this year. But to me, 
you need pros in your backcourt. You need pros on your perimeter to go win this title. Uh, that's just been historically shown as you go through and look at the past teams. You got to have some 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 first round, second round talent on there. And quite frankly, Purdue doesn't have that. Those kids have overachieved. They're going to be great college basketball players. They've been good for the most part of this year, but they're starting to get exposed here down the stretch. And I, I think that's going to hold Purdue back. Again, Jordan Cornette with us here. Obviously, you hear him on ESPN, ACC Network. He was on the call for Notre Dame earlier this week in the ACC tournament. I, I think based off what you just said, Jordan, I might know your answer to this, but it's a question we've thrown out here locally, so I'll, I'll toss it to you. If you had two things to bet on right now, Purdue making the Elite Eight or Indiana making the Sweet 16, which one would you feel more confident in? I don't know if I'm trying to impress my wife and get, get in her good graces. I've been gone all week with two She's kids. She's not you, Grant, right? She's an IU grad. She's standing right next to me. <clears throat> I'm coughing on my eggs as I say this. <laughs> I think Indiana could get to a Final Four. I really do think they could do it. I think when you've got a built-in bucket getter with his back to the basket in turbulent times that can neutralize your offense, slow the game down a bit, you want to trace Jackson Davis. Teams that can pursue twos consistently in a tournament matter. They have that. They have a first-round lottery talent on the perimeter in Hood Shafino, and they've got guys that champion their roles around them. Look, I'd love for Indiana to have been consistent down the stretch, but they won a lot down the stretch. They had some head scratchers, obviously. I think it was the Iowa game. But I look at this group and say, look, I, I love Galloway. I love Miller Cop. I think this group is built to do something serious this year, and I think they, they might have something special. And I – I want you to tell me if you think I'm totally <laughs> off base here, Jordan. I We know what you're going to get night in and night out out of Trace Jackson Davis, who has been spectacular. To me, the most critical piston to be firing in sync is Jalen hood Shafino because I think no they they can kind of go as he goes. You can overcome an off night with of Trace Jackson Davis. I'm not sure Indiana can overcome an off night from Jalen hood Shafino. Your thoughts? No, and it's a lot to put on a young guy, right? <clears throat> I get I get all that, and he's the most ball-dominant guy because he's the best off the bounce to create. But he's also a first-round talent. And I've just seen too much in this tournament, as you guys have, a guy that can make things happen with the ball that has that elite-level talent if he has other pieces around him, like a sturdy veteran bucket-getter walking double-double guy, TJD, I think it puts him in position to not feel like the weight of the world is on him. I think he can put together a string of games good enough to at least get them to a second weekend. And then from there, you just quite simply never know. Jordan Cornette from ESPN with us here. Jordan, I know it's a super, super busy time of year, like you said, in studio. Now as you're back from the ACC tournament, um, I do have to end with this. I, whose idea was it to shave the heads before the RC, RCA Dome tournament <laughs> for the Irish? Was that you a Chris Thomas so thing? It was so funny. It was a Chris Thomas and me thing. It was the two freshmen on the team. Uh, but when you're, when you're a guy who averages about 15 minutes a game and the other guy's a freshman All-American, uh, you lead with his voice. So I kind of was just like, Chris, we should do this. Chris, to be the point guard, convinced everybody, even the pretty boys on the team, and guys like Maddie Carroll to do it. But it was one of the – it was, for the longest, the best moment in Coach Prey's career. Sure. Until he, t until he took that thing, as you well know, to another level – with the Elite Eight to the 2015 ACC Championship. But it's moments like that that make me think about, look, of course it's all about Coach Bray and, and his 23 years of leaving, but it's also a, a lion's share of that emotion behind it was those stories with those guys and that brotherhood of 72 guys that Coach 
uh, had on his teams in those 23 years. And I'll, I'll leave it with this. Like, and Jake, you get this having played, man. Like, you know what it's like. Like, for me, I did that last game. I was on the sidelines for Coach Prada's last one. And so when they lost that game at the end to Virginia Tech, it happened fast. And I got the chance to go into the locker room with that Notre Dame team for Coach Bray's last game in that loss at Greensboro. I walked in there, I saw Coach, and I just burst out in tears. And i got to be honest, it wasn't about Coach Bray and him leaving and the impact he had on me, although he had a big one. It was about my life flashing before my eyes. An 18-year-old, now 39, and what it's meant to see him on the sidelines for 21 years and all the experiences playing sport has afforded me. And for that, I'm forever grateful. I know athletes are getting paid. I know NIL is a thing and all these things. And to a, to a degree, I believe in it. But those moments that we have as former student-athletes are priceless. And we're so blessed to have stuff like that in our life. Means free tickets for Georgetown. That's what that means, Kev. <laughs> Next year, right? <laughs> I, I hope so. At a steak dinner in D.C., more importantly. That's uh, right. Jordan, really well said. Your brother was one of a kind. And, again, a small dose of being around him uh, certainly made my childhood. Thank you for the time this morning, man. Have a great rest of March. Guys, I appreciate you having me on. My brother's going to be so pissed I said Indiana to a Final <laughs> Four, too. I, I've, really, I've really done the Cornette family name really bad here. I'm going to have to make up for it in the tone. You guys, I appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you soon. Be Purdue and Rutgers coming up at noon. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Five and a half, I think that's what I saw. Five and a half point favorite for the Boilers as they look to beat Rutgers after Rutgers got the best of them inside of Mackey about two months ago. To talk more about that. Tom Deanhart on 3.com covers Purdue, of course. He joins us now. Uh, Tom, do you think Purdue fans wanted to see Michigan or Rutgers in this quarterfinal matchup? I'm probably going to say Michigan. I mean, Rutgers has kind of been the kryptonite for the Boilers. Of course, you reference the defeat the Boilermakers suffered this year in Macarena at the hands of the Scarlet Knights. Of course, last year, what? Purdue ascends to number one for the first time ever. And what the first time out, out in uh, Piscataway slash New Brunswick, Scarlet Knights took him down. So, yeah, it's it's a well-coached team. Anybody who's watched uh, Steve Peichel's squad knows they uh, they get after it, and I got to think they're going to come after Purdue with those guards and try to press them a little bit today. Tom, when it comes to Purdue entering the Big Ten tournament, now follow me here because this is going to sound crazy. I kind of feel like, the conference tournaments now, especially for the Big Ten, to a lot of people, have become like really of interest to the team that ends up winning the Big Ten tournament, and then everybody else, if they don't win, it's like, yeah, I mean, we just wanted the rest anyway, you know, that kind of thing. Is there, do you feel like Purdue really stands to lose ground? If they don't win the Big Ten tournament, has their body of work cemented themselves to be on that one line, kind of dependent upon UCLA? 
And if and if Purdue wins the Big Ten tournament, do you think that vaults them into the one, or are they stuck at the two unless UCLA backpedals? Yeah, again, as far as the power power conferences go, right, I really think the die is pretty much already cast for most of these schools as far as the NCAA tournament schools that are projected to be in. The ones that it matters for, I guess, of course, the bubble teams, right? We sit here and play basketball for three or four days, and really the only teams in power conferences that have much on the line are those bubble teams like Penn State, like Rutgers. I think the upper division, upper conference teams, again, uh, are pretty much already obviously set for the tournament. I think their seeding really can't change that much either by what goes on in these conference tournaments. Uh even if Purdue wins this thing, like you said, maybe UCLA stumbles. I just don't know if, if what you do over the course of a couple of days is going to be enough to maybe change your seed that much. I could be wrong, but I tend to think, for the most part, these things are just exercises to try to get bubble teams into the, into the big dance. Can Tom Deanhardt is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline on 3.com covering the Purdue Boilermakers. I do want to touch on the pro day yesterday and maybe some good news for the 2023 Boilers and Ryan Walters' first year in a second. But focusing still basketball-wise, you know, I thought arguably, really, and you think about the past few weeks, Tom, I would say what Brandon Newman did on the first half going back to mm-hmm. Sunday, if you can somehow bottle that up, now I think – we can start to maybe get back to what we were thinking about Purdue earlier in the Big Ten season or certainly in the non-conference. How critical do you think a Newman giving you 12 points and you know something on the defensive end of the floor would be to Purdue making a run all the way to April? Just huge, you know. He's matured to the point where now if his offense isn't clicking, he doesn't check out defensively. And you reference some of that energy that he's brought on the defensive end, how key is that? And just the injection of athletic ability on the wing, too, that Brandon Newman can can provide this roster. So you're right. He could be the ultimate X factor here. Um, obviously, overall, I think one area that has to have fans a little bit concerned is just still the inconsistent shooting ability from from, from long distance. Um, you know, with all that attention being paid to Zach Eady by opponents, it's so imperative for Purdue to be able to take advantage of those open looks they get. And we've seen, it seems like, long stretches here where Purdue really struggles to knock down even these wide-open three-pointers. So they got to get that dialed back. And Fletcher Lawyer in particular, you know, he seemed to have hit a wall to a degree. You need a guy like that to really be dialed in as a shooter. A little bit more from, from Jenkins as well. So, again, just everybody watching the Boilermakers' ability to hit those, those long-range shots is obviously going to be a key to them having some success in March. Tom, when you go to let's let's switch over as Kevin had mentioned to the pro days and and the football side of things. Purdue's in an interesting situation because they might have some guys, and I think we've seen this out of Purdue. Tom, you tell me if I'm wrong, but um, you know guys that aren't necessarily combine workout warriors that then through a pro day get an opportunity via undrafted free agent or maybe a late round flyer that then are able to make a home for themselves within the NFL. Um, did you go to the pro day? Were you able to watch? And, and what all took place for the Purdue players that were trying to, to show themselves to NFL scouts? Yeah, I was in the Mollenkopf. It's always a fun event. Um, every NFL team was represented. There was one offensive coordinator there. The Las Vegas Raiders OC was there. So it was a packed house. Ten boilers worked out. And five that were at the combine were there as well. Just an intriguing group of guys, right? Uh, 
Um, as far as yesterday's events go, I think the guy who may have helped himself the most was a guy that wasn't at the Combine, an Indianapolis native, a kid named Reese Taylor, who began his career at Indiana, transferred to Purdue as a cornerback. He's a guy that tested very well, very explosive, good vertical, ran the best 40 of anybody who ran yesterday, too. He's just not the biggest, tallest guy. Played a lot of football. I'm not saying he's going to be drafted, but he's a guy who could find his way into a camp. And Again, as far as going back to Naptown, the combine, you guys saw Corey Trice run, right? I think he was the guy that may end up being the, the Boilermaker who gets selected first, given what he was able to do in Indianapolis, particularly one of that four 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 forty. I mean, that was the question about Trice: how fast was he going to test? And he he tested very well running that forty. He get drafted over Payne Durham, you think? I think so. Look, man, six foot three, two hundred fifteen pound cornerback who runs yeah. a four four forty. I mean. You guys know there's about four positions NFL teams covet. Mm-hmm. You, want to have, you want to have a guy off the edge that can pressure quarterbacks. You want a shutdown corner. You want a good left tackle, and you want a quarterback. And Trice is one of those guys. I'm not saying he's a shutdown corner. He's not a first or second round pick. He could be a third or fourth round pick. With that size to match up against those giant wide receivers a lot of teams have, he can run a 4-4. I just think he checks a lot of boxes that teams are going to love. He's also got the fortune of salivate over that. Well, he's playing a position that you can never have too many of. That's what I always exactly. say, right? I mean, exactly. you can never have too many. Aiden O'Connell, I'm I'm seeing. I do see him. When I say see him, I don't mean my own prognostication. I mean I have been reading that there's anticipation that he could be a you know a what a second or third day drafted quarterback, probably somewhere like. What, what do you think? Sixth, seventh round is essentially what I hear somewhere in there. Is that too late for him? If he gets picked at all, I think that's where you could see O'Connell go, Durham go, you know, Jalen Graham go as well, uh, Charlie Jones. I think all those guys, if they get picked, outside of Corey Trice, I think everybody else, said if they get picked, it's probably, yeah, sixth or seventh round pick, a, a last day of the draft pick, if you will. Um, it just takes one team to fall in love with you. And we all know the, the struggle to get quarterbacks in the NFL. We all know Aiden O'Connell's pluses and minuses. I think there's enough pluses there for, for a team to want to at least not have to compete to sign him as a free agent. It's to go ahead and draft him and secure him so he gets on your roster. Um, just to be a great locker room guy as well. So uh, a fun story. And, and again, a lot, a lot of fun stories. You talked about Payne Durham, too. He's a guy just doesn't run very well, right? But He's the kind of guy you just got to turn on the film and watch him. Um, catches, he's physical, good red zone guy, good third and short guy. And, uh, again, I think he'd be another good locker room guy, too, for any team. Tom, last one for me. And, again, Tom Deanhardt is with us here, covers Purdue for On3.com. You had some news yesterday from the Pro Day that Milton Wright, who I think <laughs> a lot of fans will remember, he had a really nice 21 season for the Boilers, academically, academically ineligible last year, a pretty highly rated recruit when he came out, um, that he could be returning to the team, and that would be very beneficial to Hudson Card, assuming he is the quarterback for Purdue next fall. So, um, I think it goes without saying, you bring in a new quarterback, whoever it's going to be, uh, Milton Wright would be a nice guy to get back in the program. First, make no mistake about it, Hudson Card is going to be the quarterback, number one. And I almost fell off the bleachers when I heard about Milton Wright. Um, I was talking to one of the Purdue uh, football staff support guys and asking about, hey, is anybody working out that's, that's not on the team? Like they bring in some small school guys, guys from Butler or Marion College. He goes, no, but we got Milton Wright in today. I said, what? 
And sure enough, he was out there kind of helping us catch passes for Aiden O'Connell. But you're right. Well-documented academic casualties. Certainly could have used him last year. Look, there's a lot of work still to be done. I don't want to get anybody's hopes up too high. But the wheels are in motion. He's making an effort. You know, he did not leave the university on real good terms. So uh, he's still got a big hill to climb. But, again, he's at least efforting to climb that hill. And, again, I'll tell you what, guys. Purdue's got 10 or 12 receivers on scholarship. None are as good as Milton Wright. And they certainly need a wide receiver of Hill Zilk, a guy who could really take the top off of defense. Tom, I want to go back to basketball real quick before we let you go. And that is, Kevin and I were just talking about this during the break. This is the time of year where we start hearing, you know, NBA prospects and who's going to come out and who's, you know, who's returning, et cetera. I think it's interesting and fascinating that with Purdue, you have the consensus college basketball player of the year. I realize that Zach Eady's game does not necessarily translate to the way they play in today's NBA. That's not to say there aren't plenty of places overseas or elsewhere where he can make a lot of money. I've heard nothing about Zach Eady's return or non-return next year for Purdue. Where do things stand there? I just tell you that the, the, the stuff I hear, the people I talk to, there there is a chance. Uh, I, I think a better than a 50-50 chance that he does return next year. You referenced the lack of being an NBA prospect. That is true, at least a high-level prospect, if at all. Bobby could, like you say, make money overseas. <clears throat> I think he enjoys the college experience and um, the BMOC experience, if you will. And uh, I think they're going to try to get something together to keep Zach and West Lafayette next year. If that happens, of course, you know, you only lose David Jenkins maybe a couple other guys transfer. Regardless, this is a team that could be at least a top five team going into next year. I'm getting way ahead of myself. I'm <laughs> a top five team. Maybe preseason number one. So, again, I, I think that there's a chance. I don't think Zach's a sure thing to leave after this year. But people that, that, that I know sort of in around the, the program and some other entities that, that like I said, that there's, there's going to be a good, strong effort to try to keep Zach and West off paper that senior year. Tom, thanks for the insight. Again, Purdue and Rutgers coming up at noon. Spring practice on the horizon. Pro day yesterday, so a lot going on on on3.com. Great stuff, Tom. Thank you. Take care, fellas. 